everybody, and welcome to an episode of Impactful Conversations, a platform to educate and inspire. My name is Tafadzan Lohu, and thank you for tuning in for the show. On this show, I interview and speak to individuals who are making a difference in their world, individuals who have a different way of thinking and are forming as leaders in their respective fields. I hope that you enjoy the episode, and I'd love to hear some of your feedback after listening to the episode, either by writing us a review or by heading over to the website, impactfulconversations.co.za, and heading over to the Contact Us section. Anyway, wherever you listen to this, I hope you sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Good day, everybody, and welcome to episode 19 of Impactful Conversations, which is a platform to educate and inspire. Today, I'm extremely excited to be joined by Dale Herbst. Uh, Dale is the founder and chief creative officer of That Food Guy, um, a proudly South African publishing company that strives to publish unique food narratives from local and international talent. Um, he's a creative director, a brand strategist, uh, and a broadcast and digital marketing specialist who works with brands and companies and entrepreneurs to construct cohesive brand journeys from ideation through to execution. And in my uh, Instagram story pre the episode, I just pretty much said, Dale is five star. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're so kind. You're so kind. I thanks a lot of pressure. <laughs> oh, you thank you so much for uh, for joining us. I, I'm really honoured to to have you on this platform. How are you doing today? I am fantastic, and I'm really excited to be chatting with you. Um, I know that we've been speaking for a long time now, um, so I'm really excited just to be spending some time with you. So thank thank you for having me on Impactful Conversations. I really do appreciate it. Oh, awesome, awesome. So Dale, let's um, let's dive right into it, right? So you know, we we typically start. Um, I really want us to get to know you a little bit better. Um, yeah. but you know, quick fire. Where are you from? Um, where were you born? And what are you passionate about? Gosh, you asked me to go back thirty-seven years. <laughs> so I was born in a small little gold mining town called Springs. Um, okay. which, which is in Ecolani, the, the, the east of Johannesburg. I was born there, grew up there, um, went to a private school there till I was 12 years old. And then my life shifted and I went to boarding school when I was 13 um, for my teens. And then after that, I ended up um, coming to Johannesburg. So, so really coming from a small town to a big city, um, and they went to university, and since then been traveling around. Um, you know, you, you you speak about passion. What am I passionate about? I'm passionate about so many so many things in my life. Um, I think that's why I try and do so much on a daily basis. But ultimately, I think I'm passionate about storytelling. I'm passionate about creative. Um, I'm, I'm I'm passionate about you know visuals, whether it be colors or textures. Um, but I think ultimately, you know, I think my purpose is to tell stories and those stories take different mediums. They could take a book, it could take a TV commercial. Um, but I think I love telling stories and really branding that in some way. But I'm sure we'll get into more detail later. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely love that. That's that's incredible. Um, I've been to spring about really? three or four times. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, really? Amazing, amazing. Or, Springs yeah. is an interesting town, yeah. 
Yeah, it's a very interesting town. It's uh, actually not too far from from Joburg. It's probably one hour or so away. Yeah, or so. Two, two, two toll gates if you take the toll road, yeah. <laughs> 45 minutes, a, a humble little town, definitely. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So, Dale, let's, let's dive straight into it. I yeah. want us to talk about your career, right? Yeah. Um, and once again, keeping with the theme, I want us to go back. Talk yeah. to me about why, why the media industry? Um, mm. And was this always part of the plan from, from day one? Yeah. I love this question because I, you know, I'm 37 now. I've, I've been out of high school a, a long time and I, and I keep going back to matric and I keep going back to a few days after matric when I was like, okay, so what am I going to study? What do I want to be? How do you make that decision? You know, and, and I don't want to get all spiritual. I'm not sure if you are spiritual, but for me, when people say to me, Dale, Everything you've done in your career, has that been as per plan? Did you, you know, finish matric? Did you study everything? Did you know that your career journey, your career path will be mapped out the way it has been? And my simple answer to that is I've chosen nothing. I, I, I really think maybe subconsciously, maybe I made certain choices in my life that have led me to do certain things. But I really believe that um, my career has been a spiritual journey for me. I believe that I've always, I think many people battle with purpose. I think I've been on purpose for a very long time. Um, and I really think God has given me, you know, I, I think he's directed me um, every step. I mean, like when I say that, literally my hair stands on end because I believe God has, has guided me every single step of the way. Um, you know, I, I obviously, I, I studied motion picture medium, um, which is complete kind of opposite to what my first job was. So even that was kind of like a little bit mismatched. It's like, okay, you studied motion picture medium, but your first job was corporate communications. Um, but really my, my entire journey has not been planned, but I can say, I think I've always had a positive and a, a, a vision and a, um, I think I've had a subconscious goal of just wanting to do well, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, so maybe I didn't know what my next job was going to be. I don't know that I was going to open that food guy 15 years into my career, but I've always wanted to do well. I've always wanted to make myself proud of me. And I think that's what's, what's guided me my entire career. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love that. And I think the authenticity of, of that answer is, is really yeah. something to behold. Yeah. But you, you've worked on various, um, campaigns and projects in your career. Um, and all of those, which I'm sure have, have stood you in, in, in good stead with where you are today and, and what you're pursuing today. Yeah. But I want you to talk to me about the time of, of small beginnings, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I want to pre sort of give the precursor to this question or give the foundation to this question is that sometimes we, we tend to want microwave success. Um, you know, no matter the industry, we, we tend mm-hmm. to think and circumvent the small beginnings, as it were, the, yeah. the ungl- beginnings, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really want to get your, your take on that when we, when we that in the context of your career. Mm-hmm. Um, of the small beginnings of your career and how important that was for you to to get to where you are today. Yeah, 
I love this question so much. I speak about this so often. Um, even though I think, you know, when I finished um, my honors and I wasn't sure, I mean, I studied motion picture medium, which is film, which I've never done. I've never, I've never made a feature film. I made short films during varsity, but you know, when I finished university, my first two positions were not small, but there were small beginnings because I had to start somewhere. But for some reason, I think, you know, I, I, my first job was production manager at a company called Seventh Wave Communications. And my first job was to produce a four-part documentary series on the construction of Soccer City. That was my first job at a university. So when you say small beginnings, I definitely think that there's a sense of having to learn and, you know, surround yourself by mentors and um, really building yourself up. But I feel like I was literally just placed into the position and God was like, do well, go ahead, go forth. So definitely my first two positions, I think, are directly connected to what I'm doing 15 years later. And now I, I look at my career journey and I go, it's quite amazing that when I worked on that four-part documentary series, which was sponsored by the city of Johannesburg, you know, that kind of gave me the foundation for creating stories, you know, for constructing broadcast um, series and formats. And my second job, I was headhunted by Urban Roo Studios. And my second job, I started out as a production coordinator for Yo! TV on SBC One. So that was mm-hmm. my second job I ever had. And what YoTV taught me, which was an incredible foundation for my broadcast career, because after YoTV, I went on to, to obviously be involved and produce many big format shows for SABC and MultiChoice. But YoTV taught me so many things that I use today in that Fugai. You know, it taught me how to handle brands. It taught me how to do trade exchanges, um, how to bring in brands, give exposure, how to create stories with with, with, with Sasko, the love of bread, how do we create a narrative around a brand and how do we showcase that on a TV show? And I remember working with presenters like, um, you know, Musa, um, on Big Breakfast on YoTV. Um, and I think YoTV really gave me the space besides the fact that I was a surrounded with really amazing young dynamic people. Um, it gave me the foundation of really all those aspects, branding, trade exchanges, broadcast, telling stories. And if I fast forward my life, everything and, and most things are often that Fugai is a collective summary of the last 15 years of my life. So, you know, the, the, those small beginnings, I don't think we should forget about, about our starting points in our career. And we mm-hmm. shouldn't forget about those beginnings because those beginnings definitely do lead everywhere and in, in everything is connected. Um, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm so, I always think about the first job I think about the OTV and I'm always so grateful. I'm so grateful for, for landing that, for someone believing in me and they were going, you can do this. You know, the OTV, I went from, from production coordinator to a live TV producer to a senior, senior producer. Um, and, and just so grateful to, to having had worked at, at an enormous studio, an Umru Studios, um, is, is one of the biggest studios in, 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 in the country and definitely so grateful for, for that foundation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it's what you said is, is incredibly important in, in how we shouldn't forget those days, but also how that yeah. interconnectedness of everything, 
Yeah. Um, everything is connected. Absolutely. I think there'll be moments in my life where I think we all have moments where I'll question and I'll be like, why am I doing this? Why am I in this? Why am I doing this specific project? And then, you know, a year later, I'll look back and go, oh, wait a minute. I learned this skill and I met this person and absolutely everything, you know, and, and, and if you, and if you engage with people online, like in Yana and Oprah and all these people who I love, you know, they talk about about everything being designed. Your life is designed interconnected for a specific reason. And I truly believe in that. I, I, I don't think it's by chance that, 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 that we interacted online or that I know you, you know. I think there's, there's a specific reason why I'm speaking to you right now in this moment. 100%. Yeah. 100%. I absolutely love that. That's, that's so profound. Tell me, so when you're working with, you know, various different, you know, Campaigns, as it were. Um, how important has it been for you to align with the values of any of the campaigns that you have worked on um, throughout your career? I think that's probably something which you know mm. is sort of to dive into a little bit. And um, in terms of you know what what opportunities do we take and what opportunities do we not take? Well, because yes, obviously you know you as you sort of become more and more successful, as you become more and more successful in your career, um, I'm sure the opportunities have abounded for you um, in terms of the number and in terms of their significance. But I'm quite curious how important it's been for you to align with the values of any of the campaigns you've worked mm. and on. Mm. I th- oh, yeah. I think it's a really deep and a really meaningful question. And and it's quite interesting for for... So I want to start by saying is I've had this specific conversation with a few people in my life, and a lot of people around me make decisions based on money. So, you know, if they're going to make X amount of money a month, they'll take the work on. Other people make decisions based on time because some people only want to work five hours a day, so the campaign or the job is only going to take a half a day, you know. For me specifically, I have, you know, if, if, I, if I remember every single contract I've had, maybe it's a little bit different with that food guy now because now I'm a business owner. I have to take care of my financials. I have to think mm-hmm. about cash flow. But I can say that more than 80% of my jobs, I've never considered the money as my first factor, as my first criteria. So money has never been a, has never been a thing for me because I've always believed that if I resonate with a project, um, it means that there must be connected values. If I resonate and, and, and there's interest, it means that there, there, there's something attracting me to that, you know. I remember applying to Endemol South Africa more than four times and I got rejected more than four times. My CV wasn't responded to. And my, my one move after Urban Brew, I was like, I have to work for Endemol South Africa. You know, they produce Isidingo, they produce big format shows, they produce Survivor, they do Big Brother. I was like, this is the company. Even after getting rejected four times, I still felt an attraction, you know. So mm. I think the fourth or fifth time I sent my CV in, um, I applied for a logistics position on Cash of the Quiet Season 1. I mean, I got the job, you know. And I truly believe that, you know, really positive intention, but – Definitely there were shared values, you know. Clash of the choirs, we really, I really got to meet the most amazing choirs. I got to meet people who never really had the privilege or honor of being on a show, of being mm-hmm. in a choir, of winning that amount of money. 
Um, you know, we had choir masters like Kaya and Judas Sapuma um, mm. and, and all these amazing artists. And I believe that part of our purpose is really to connect and try and give other people opportunity to realize their dream. So, so, so I really think that that a big part of what I've been put on earth to do is yes to achieve, yes to 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 be great. But but I do think that I I try and help the people around me make them realize their their own potential. And there's so many people in this world who don't know their own potential. Um, yeah. I know I'm digressing from the value thing, but I promise you there there, there is a pointer. You you dropping pills. Yeah. <laughs> But but for me, every single project, you know, I've, I've, I've worked on, I can name so many. I leave mm-hmm. projects and people go, we never knew we could do this. Or, wow, we did it. And I'm like, yeah, you just need someone to believe in you. you know. And, and I'm very fortunate. I've had many people who believed in me. I have incredible mentors. So, you know, what what are, are the connected values on projects and campaigns? Absolutely. You know, if, if they're... If there wasn't, would you be attracted to doing a clash of the cards? Would you be attracted to working on a brand, you know, like like Stella Trois, where we raised over a million rand for for 500 restaurants, you know? Um, so so definitely, I think, um, and maybe this is a high level spiritual conversation today. I'm not sure. I think it's also okay, right? But yes. I really do believe that that the universe works on our behalf and, and tries to connect um tries to connect work with myself. You know, yes, I I, I think I'm fortunate. I think I've built up a, a great C V, a great show, a great portfolio. Um, you know, I work incredibly hard because I love what I do. Um but definitely I I, I think that a connection between values is important in delivery. You're gonna put in yeah. additional energy, you're gonna be passionate around the subject matter if your values mm. are connected. So incredibly important. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. That's uh, you've blown that you've blown that one out the park. So, so thank <laughs> yeah. you. Uh, yeah. Extremely, extremely profound. So let's let's um let's turn the temperature down a little bit. I um too I much. Get to, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's turn it down. Let's uh let's let's turn it down a little bit. Let's uh let's bring it right down. So Tell me about your daily routine, right? So what's a typical day in your life? Um, I am quite curious also how that's changed because of uh, the lockdown and the pandemic at the moment. Um, and I want to know, so, I mean, you know, are you a morning or an evening person? Uh, what does your typical day look like? You know, what's a day in your life? Take Take us on that journey. Yeah, yeah. I mean, earlier you said something to me like, Possibly there's also I think I think people also change so I think there's a Dale version five and there's a Dale version fifteen and I think those people really like different things so so who I am you know who I who I've been the past year is different to who I was two years ago so the old Dale I think was more of a more of an evening person. Always been a hard worker, but but mm. my life structure, my daily routine has changed dramatically. You know, four years ago, five years ago, I was 30 kgs heavier, and then I decided to be to to bend, and I decided to take. How, I wanted more energy for my life. I wanted to feel better about myself, so I made a bit more of a, a, a conscious choice to eat more healthy. 
So I went low carb and I've lost, you know, 25 to 30 cases since then. Um, and I managed to keep it off. So now my daily routine is quite different to what it was four years ago. My daily routine now is I, I believe I'm an, I'm an all the time person. I'm an, I, I, I like to be, you know, I obviously have moments where I podcast. I love podcasting. Mm-hmm. I think I watch TV once every two weeks. I'm not a TV person at all, but I wake up. Generally 7 a.m. between 7, 7.30 every morning, sometimes earlier. The first thing I do is I'll switch on a podcast. Um, I've got seven minutes of good news. I've got numerous podcasts I listen to. Um, everything from Keto Hell to Oprah's, to, to Oprah's podcast. Um, mm. I listen to Joyce Meyer, but quite a few, um, religious podcasts I listen to. So the first thing I do is I just want, I want Good and positive information. The first thing I wake up. So I wake up, put on a podcast. Um, and I wake up quite quickly. I'm not those people like, oh, we need coffee to wake up. We need four hours. No, I'm not that person. When I'm awake, I'm up, I'm motivated and I start working, you know. So I get up, I listen to a podcast, I shower and I generally like to be at my desk by 8 a.m. Um, and I, I generally don't like accepting meetings before 9 a.m. because 8 to 9 o'clock is catch up on emails and admin, um, mm. put on some music, have some green tea. I fast every day until 1 p.m. Um, it, it gives me a lot of energy. It gives me a lot of mental clarity. So I do try and do more strategy work in the morning because food does kind of wear me down slightly, even though I love food. I mean, I own a company called that Food Guys, so uh, I, I do love food. But I'm quite, I, I feel like I have become a lot more strict with myself um, mm-hmm. when it comes to routine, you know. Before the the ordeal, if, if there was something to do and I was feeling tired, I'd be like, oh, no, I need to rest today. Now I think I do force myself to, to work and deliver more, mm-hmm. um, maybe because I am a business owner, you know. And we, have, we now have three divisions, and I've just opened another company with, another group of people. And so I think I also feel responsible to mm-hmm. function on a higher level. And I feel responsible to have energy, not just for me, but for the people around me as well. So if I decide to lie on the couch and not deliver, it's not just affecting me. It's affecting my business partners. It's affecting delivery timelines. It's, it's affecting so much. Yeah. So mm-hmm. then I work during my day. Um, generally, lockdown has been quite interesting because I've done a lot of Zooms, a lot of Skypes. I was actually saying I had a meeting with Apple Music in Dubai the other day, and I was saying to them, another meeting platform. They meet on some platform called um, Cisco WebEx. I'm like, I have, oh, Skype, yeah. I have Google, uh, I have Cisco WebEx, I have Skype. So COVID <laughs> has been so interesting, you know. Um, but generally, I have yeah, five, five to six, seven meetings a day. Um, I have a lot of status meetings in my week because I'll status on all my companies, I'll status on all my projects. Um, in Jan this year, I did start saying that Mondays are my admin days, but slowly that, that didn't become my day anymore. Um, so now every day is just, yeah, clients. But generally, after I've done my work day, I try and do a walk late afternoon. Um, I love trees, love nature, I love the outside. So I do a bit of a walk outside. Um, I'm not a running person. So I, I, I did try the jogging thing. I remember running shoes and I was like, I'm not a runner. I'm good. Walking no, is good for me. Yeah. 
Easy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I love it. Then I get home. I generally then would have broken my fast by then, um, and or make some dinner, and then I do a second work session in the evening because I feel like dedicating an hour, an hour and a half in the evening to mails or, 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 or updating documents from my project sheet um, is a little more productive because in the day I get lots of phone calls, WhatsApp groups are going crazy. Um, so the evening, I love the evening for that. I love catching up on my work day. I know it sounds weird. You work in the day, but I'm catching up on my work day. But for yeah. me, it's very productive. Um, awesome. And then generally, I try and not work an hour before bed. I try and wind down. I mean, in bed by, by 9.30, catch up on social media, seeing what's, what's happening in the world of social. Often in my work day, I don't get time um, mm. unless I'm, I'm doing a story on my work. But yes. I, generally, I generally don't get time, you know, during the week and during my work day to, to actually see what's happening on social. So just for bed, see what's happening with social and just some quiet moments before bed, you know, and that's, and that's pretty much my day. You know, my, 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 my work week, um, I think a lot, a lot of people in my life are still trying to get used to this, but you know, I, I, I do work seven days a week. I don't work five days a week. Um, Sundays I do I do try work less. Um, now I've obviously converted from going to church to online church on a Sunday morning, um, and I do try and take time out. But uh, I do work every day um, on different things. But you know when I say work, I was actually saying to my business partner, my my publishing partner Funega earlier, I was saying mm-hmm. to her that for me when you say oh working on a Sunday or working on a Saturday. For me, it's not work, you know. At the moment, I'm developing another product for for another idea that I have. Because I always have ideas. <laughs> um, but for me, it's not work, you know. For yep. me, on a Saturday afternoon when I'm, you know, if I'm conceptualizing something, I'm putting together a mood board. For me, for me, that's my life. That is not work, you know. So that food guy and his companies and it's, 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 I don't know what I would, it's, it's my core. I don't know what I would do without it to go. I know it mm. sounds a bit strange because people say you aren't your work, you aren't, you know, I want to tell you a quick little story and I'm talking a lot, but a quick little story. And I'll never forget this day for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, my first job at YouTube, I was sitting in the control room. Yeah. Um, and if Ivy Ann is watching this, she will, she will know the story. She's the first live TV director in this country. Who has, yeah. who has directed shows like Summer Awards and uh, big live shows. And she, t- she took me underneath her wing. But I was sitting in the control room where you control the cameras in the studio. Um, and something happened in the studio. And I said something. I think I got quite emotional. I'm a bit more of an emotional person. And someone in the control room turned around and said, you shouldn't take this personally. I'll never forget this day for the rest of my life. And I turned around and I was like, why are you here if you don't take this personally? This is, I wouldn't see myself doing anything else. I will mm. definitely take this personally. This is a part of who I am. And I, I was so like passionate, you know, and I think the same still, still stands to be honest. So, you know, for me, I don't work. My daily routine and, and, and my life flow is, it's, mm. it's who I am. Yeah. Love that. Love yeah. that. It's it's a part of who you are and and, yeah. and it's manifesting it's manifesting throughout your work and throughout the different you know projects that you are that you're taking on and the new ideas that 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 yeah. you become. Yeah. I want to ask you one final question before we we, we get back to the serious stuff. <laughs> okay. <Which> you, 
What's your What's your favorite type of food? Oh wow, you uh, you know obviously I, I eat more low carb now, mm-hmm. um, but I had a shoot this past week and it's it's not low carb, um, <laughs> but 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 one of my favorite things that I crave a lot is yeah. pop and chops. So I love pop a lot. It's it's one of my favorite foods, mm-hmm. um, but probably chocolate. I think chocolate. R- right now I have maybe. Nine or different different types of brands of chocolate. So I collect different different types of chocolates. When I travel, I bring mm-hmm. chocolate back and do little chocolate tastings while I work. And <laughs> so I think chocolate uh, is chocolate a food? It's a food. I'm right? not saying healthy food. <laughs> it comes. <laughs> I, love I love chocolate a lot. I love more dark chocolate. Yeah, I love I love chocolate. Um, but I think what I eat the most in my week is I eat pizza a lot. I order pizza maybe two or three times a week. Um, also, I don't, I don't cook that much. Um, yeah. So there's an amazing pizza where I start. I do like a collie-based um, pizza, so super healthy. But, I mean, pizza is such a great go-to. So yeah. it's so great. Amazing dish. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank, thank you for sharing that. And I think, um, you know, the, the story that you told, you know, in, in the control room there is, was actually really 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 profound i think you know something to introspect for for those who are listening and and i'm not sure and i'm not sure why and and i think maybe for you as well you remember certain moments in your life but for Mm. me that's like this huge thing i think about often i'll be like i'm still trying to remember who said that to me actually i'm sorry like who told me not to take this personally (laughs) but yeah i i I think it's quite true absolutely (laughs) amazing Let's let's talk about something which I'm really excited to to chat to you about, which is that yeah. food, right? Yeah. Um, and I I must admit I I've been watching this brand grow, um, yeah. for quite some time, right? Yeah. And it's extremely inspirational, um, what you are doing. Yeah. And I want to ask you, right? What inspired you to to start this? Hmm. What inspired me to start this? So, so I think if, as you've realized, every question I have to give you backstory, right? <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. So, so in 2014 was a life changing year for, for my career and was a life changing year for my life. Um, 2014, I finished producing, line producing a series called Open Varsity on SCBC2. It was a educational series. I think we produced something ridiculous like 100 or 200 episodes. Um, and in 2014, I made the conscious decision to take three months off and go on a bit of an eat, pray, love because I'd been in broadcast and uh, I seek change a lot in my life. I like mm. change often. I think mm. that's why I like doing campaign-based stuff because it keeps things interesting. I get bored. I get bored. Quickly, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to work on that and I'm trying to be interested in something for a long time, but I do get bored quite quickly. So 2014, I went on the Ypres Love and, um, during my time off and I did, I did a lot of soul searching, um, mm. even did my Facebook account. I yeah. got a call from a gentleman called Jay something. He's a listing mm. on Picasso. Yeah. He gave me a call and he said to me, Yo, dear, I got a call. I, I, I got your number from a friend, um, Leanne Callanan, who, and she now owns a commercials company. 
um, who I'm very proud of. She gave mm-hmm. my kind daily toast to Jen. Jen was like, yo, I have a TV show I want to do. I believe you're a TV guy. Can you help me? And I was like, well, yeah, let's meet up for a coffee at Vovotelo in Parkhurst. Um, and yeah. really, that moment, and I was actually speaking to Jay about this, this moment this week. You know, that mm-hmm. moment changed the, the next six years of my life. Um, so yeah, so that t- 2014, um, to, to, mm-hmm. to fast forward, we produced Jay's first TV show, cooking show. Um, we managed mm-hmm. to get Knorr, Rajan Knorr on board. And our first show went live on Mzanzi Magic, 13 episodes. And during mm. that show, I think Jay and I realized that there was a birth of his food brand. You know, Jay is, a, is, is an award-winning musician with number one hits. But there was this food narrative that, that really began. You know, and given my broadcast um, career, um, obviously the, the, the TV show is an easy one for me and dealing with channel and brands. But then we realized that there were media interviews and then people were like, oh, but now please come to a cooking demo. And I'm like, I've never done this. What does this even mean? You know? Um, but I think the whole working with Jay and, and over that, and over a six month period, I unofficially, I think, became his brand manager. Um, mm-hmm. but a few years before that, I'd actually brand managed a genre Mokoshi. She's a former South Africa. And she was also the brand manager for Sundance. So I worked on Joan's brand for an entire year in Pretoria. I moved to, to, to Pretoria to do that. So I think, you know, when, when I say everything is connected, I believe that that prepared me for my food journey and for what I was about to do with Jay on his brand. You know, I had, I, I really touched on their brand management, brand communication. So 2014, life changing. And for, and, and, and for six years between 2014 and 2020, um, we've done so many amazing things, you know, we've produced campaigns, we've published a cookbook, we've done, produced two TV shows. We've worked on two seasons of My Kitchen Rules in Eminem Prime Time. We launched a restaurant for Sun International at Times Square in Pretoria. And then in between that, I also got to work on Sarah Graham's brand. Um, also got to learn how to publish one of her books, worked on some campaigns. So it's been, it's been an incredible journey. Then the next most important year, I think, in this timeline, right? So 2014, this whole food thing starts happening and I start specializing in food. And not consciously, it just happened. Like food and beverage just became a thing for me, right? Yeah. 2018, yeah. middle of 2018, um, I said to Jay, cool, we've been doing this for four years, but mm-hmm. um, I want to grow. What, you know, like, what's the next step? What's the next layer to this journey? Um, and I know that when I start getting this, this feeling yeah. inside of my soul and it disrupts how I'm thinking, I know yeah. that something big is about to happen. Um, yeah. so Q3, Q4, 2018, I decided to open a company called That Fugai. And the mm. reason why it's called That Fugai is so a lot of people in the industry are like, oh, if you talk to that Fugai, he can probably, you know, do the campaign or he can do the TV show. So I was, so I was known as, that food guy. Um, and I think what, 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 what Jay's brand did for me, it really gave me, and I'm so grateful to Jay for this, but he laid the foundation 
for my food career. So yes, I had broadcast and I had brand managed before and I had dabbled in brand communications and eventing. So I had all these, the, these experience pieces. Mm. But what Jay did is he allowed me to focus on food and beverage, which I love. So 2018, I opened a company called that Fugai and immediately started doing campaigns. I think the first two brands we worked with in that December um, was Johnny Walker Black and Tag Curry. We did Curry like a chef's table. Mm. And from there, that's how that Fugai was born. It was born as an advertising agency specializing in food and beverage. That's how that Fugai was born. Mm. It took me a very long time to get branding up. So... And I know I'm a, I'm, I'm a brand person, so the first step you should do is you brand yourself. Yeah. But I, you know, I think I got in nine different uh, brand markups. I wasn't happy, and you know, for me, I I'm very specific when it comes mm. to branding and when it comes to. I, I think I know in my mind what I want, and I've been privileged to work with amazing designers and creators around me who've got to understand my mind. Because sometimes mm. I find it quite hard to translate what I want something to look like. But yeah, yeah. a year later, that Fuga eventually got a brand, and a year and a half later, only this year did we even get a website. So, and, and we've been incredibly busy from day one. So I've been, you know, I feel so blessed. Um, and and that, that, that's how the Fuga came about, out of another journey, but also yeah. I think out of a bit of soul searching, you know. I think, I think you have to listen to yourself sometimes. You often, you know, I, I go to people in my life, so when I'm stuck or I'm not sure what to do, I'm like, Funega, I'm so confused. What do you think I should do, you know? And often I'll realize that the people in my life around me only really make things clearer, but you know what you want. If, yes. if you really listen to yourself, you know exactly what you need to do. Yeah, 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 absolutely love that. And I think... The inter sort of the interconnectedness of of your your previous journey with Jay, yeah. um, yeah. and the birth of this, you know, really just comes back to exactly what you're saying, where you know everything has its purpose and everything has its reason, and I absolutely yeah. love that. Tell me, you you describe this as a as a creative reflection, um, mm-hmm. of your journey in in your career thus far. Um, tell me a little bit more about that. I find it so fascinating when I read that. that I absolutely love that. But yeah. tell me a little bit more about that. So, so about creative reflection, you know, I, I really do believe that that Fugai, and, and that Fugai is three divisions. We have advertising, we have publishing, we have digital. Publishing was launched, uh, well, publishing was, was conceived in the middle of last year. It was launched this year in March. Mm. We published our first cookbook. And uh, digital was born during lockdown. Um, mm. And 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 if you look at those divisions and you look at the services and the skill set of that Fugai, that is a direct reflection of my journey over the past 15 years. So everything we offer in that Fugai, I have touched on, I have I've been involved with, I have done, I have executed. You know, there isn't isn't a corner of that Fugai's house that I have not swept or been involved in, you know. So when I started that figure, I thought broadcast would be the biggest thing because I'm like, oh, I have all this broadcast experience. But no, it, it became more talent management. It became campaign strategy. It became creative conceptualization. 
So by creative reflection, it really is a reflection on my journey. Um, and also for guys, a reflection of, of, of my visual vision, of, of, of the creative things that inspire me as well, you know? Mm. I'm a very visual person. Um, so for me, things have to tell stories. If you send me an email with lots of writing, you're probably going to lose me after a minute, probably. But if you put cool like graphs or pictures, or so if you ever get an email from you, see I love screen grabs and I love pictures. <laughs> but it really is a reflection on my visual journey and things that inspire me, you know. I'm inspired all the time. I'm inspired by friends. I'm inspired by people in my industry. I'm inspired by our country. And our, and our food and beverage sector in South Africa and Africa is so vibrant with color mm. and the types of food. So, yeah, I, I, I hope that that food guy, even going forward, can continue to reflect, um, you know, our, our, our creative ethos and our, and, our, and our creativity in this country. I really do. Amazing. Amazing. Tell me, you, you talk a little bit about, you know, your, your the core need of of that food guide to bring, you know, awareness to food security and yeah. and to malnutrition in in Africa. And I want to dive into that a little bit in terms of you know where where you think what is your assessment of where we're at right now in South Africa in that yeah. in that sense. But also, you know, coupled with that, practically, how can we, you know, start to address this and what role is mm. is that by playing in in that mm. space. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think this is such a large question. I think this is another impactful conversation. So we could do a part two, maybe, if you're keen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. You know, for, for, I, I, thought I first got to learn about food security um, when I started working with Food Forward South Africa and I started working with a few food NGOs. I realized that, you know, th- th- there really is no security around making sure that people are getting food on a regular basis. What is the yeah. frequency of how people receive food? Because I think how donations come to, to, to MPOs, you know, is so irregular that people are not guaranteed they're going to eat. I and mean, how crazy is that? If I mean, imagine if we were in a position where we didn't know if we're going to have dinner or not. Like that should be a basic function. It should be a, it should be a guarantee in our day yes. that we get to have dinner, you know. So so food security and securing certain things, securing food, securing securing farmland, securing growing, securing vegetables, mm-hmm. fruit is extremely important. So we're at the very beginning stages of, of, of trying to develop and see how we can help with food security and what it means. Um, we we are working on quite a big project, which I can't say much about, but yeah. it's a new company I speak of. It's, mm. it's, a, it's a little sister of that food guy. Um, and I think if we get this right, we get this project right. I've opened this company with three other partners. There's four of us. I'm three ladies and myself, dynamic mm. women, dynamic ladies, powerful mm. in their own fields. And one of the biggest objectives of this specific entity and obviously that food guy is backing this new brand and company up with strategy is food security and food education more than anything. Because if we can educate people on what to plant, how to grow veggies, 
we, I mean, food security can become more, you know, more controlled and, and we can secure that people are getting fed. So, so, you know, food control and food security is a big thing. Um, I know there are lots of government strategies and plans to, to, to eradicate hunger by 2030. There are lots of campaigns, but there are also lots of questions as to how we're going to do that and are we doing, are we on track? You know, yes. uh, I, I do believe that this new entity and this new concept, which I birthed in my mind about a year and a half ago, I think it's, I think, I think it's going to become quite an influential entity, you know, and I, I don't want to use the word challenge, but I think we have to, we have to keep government and we have to keep stakeholders accountable yeah. um, based on what they promise. So, you know, I, I hope we can have another impactful conversation a year from now and I can yeah. say to you, you know, this business is launched and yeah. we're on track and by 2030, this is what's going to happen. So such a large conversation. I also work, um, I'm also the brand director for the International Delicious Food and Music Festival, which is seven years running. Obviously due to COVID, we obviously never had a festival this year. And we're in the process of also launching an arm, a social enterprise arm that deals with, um, that deals with, you know, food security, food control. Um, so, so just from uh, that food guy side, Whatever I work in, I, I, I try and feed that strategy into other things. And, and I hope over time we can get those right. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. And I look forward, I look forward to that day. Um, a year check in. We should do a year check in. <laughs> yeah. 100%. I, I look forward to that. Let's, let's, let's talk about creating an authentic brand. Um, yeah. you know, you have worked with, I saw the list of the brands that you've worked with. Like, like I, I could be here for <laughs> for ages listing them, but a number of a number of top brands that you've worked with. Um, I want to to get a sense of you know what is the common thread um, among all of them that brings authenticity um, to the brand, and how important you know is this for a brand to succeed um, mm. in yeah, you, you know, I think a perfect example, so, 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 my, so my short answer to that is, you know, being authentic in the way a brand communicates or the way the brand constructs a campaign, a, a campaign whether it be on radio or TV or print, is extremely, extremely important. You know, I think consumers can see from a mile away when, when a brand is, is, is being inauthentic or when they're not being true to themselves. And a perfect example of this is um, a very new client we've just signed on um, under that Fugai Digital, who's obviously headed up by SMC Creative. But we signed on a sunflower oil brand called Hilos Oil. They're a 65-year-old um, oil brand um, based in Pyramarisburg in KZN. Um, and, and, and that's a perfect case study because we, you know, when we devised the brand guide and the brand narrative for for digital for that brand, we could mm. have easily chosen a personality for the brand that was slightly different to what it was. We could have said, you know, Helios is a it's a it's a housewives brand and wears Gucci. And no, Helios is not that brand. Helios mm. is 65 years old. It's used by more than 50% of South Africans. It's used by the Google who's, who's, 
who's making beastly shebok, who's putting raja, you know. So for us, you also have, I think it comes back to your value, Chris, you know. So who is a brand at its core? What is its values? And when Helios talks as a brand, because brands talk online, they have a language, they have words. Um, does, does it feel natural? Does it, does it feel organic? And if it feels natural organic, that should equal, that should equal being authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think there are quite a few brands at the moment, and obviously I follow brands quite closely on, online, um, just to see what's happening in, in the world of food and beverage. And there are a lot of brands, I think, who, who force themselves. A lot of brands are not authentic to themselves. Um, and you can see it. There, there, there's low engagement. Um, I don't know how sales are doing. The brands who are super authentic really do well because consumers resonate, you know. Consumers go, okay, we see you, you know, and you're mm-hmm. being transparent and we'll buy you because you're being honest. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and, it's, it's, and, I, and I also think bringing authentic back to that Fuga and, and, and to myself, for me, I, 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 I'm me. I will never be anyone but Dale, you know. Um, I, I'm, I'm a workhorse. I'm very straightforward in meetings and with work. I, I don't, I don't sugarcoat things. I'm like this or that. There's no gray area for me in work. Um, mm. but for me, that's part of me being authentic. It's part of me. And I think that's why I get on with all my work teams. And that's why I produce successful projects and campaigns because I'm being me. So whether brands being authentic or you and I are being authentic, I think it's, it's an important thing to practice. You know, yeah. I, yeah. I, you know, I maybe 10 years ago, my twenties, as we all go through through seasons in our lives, maybe I, maybe I try to conform to maybe friends I kept or an environment. But I think as you grow, um, and I'm happy that, that that at the age of 37, which I don't think is too old. It's not young, but it's not old. Um, but yeah, exactly. But I'm glad now at this age, um, mm. I'm super comfortable just being me. And I and I think we should all just aim to be that, including brands. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely love that. Yeah. For a new brand that's getting started, right? So yeah. you know, for, for anybody who's listening to this who, who has started something or is is, is in the process of yeah. you know conceptualizing that. Um in terms of the branding side of things, where do you think people's focus should be as a brand? Do you mean in terms of starting up? In terms yeah. of getting the brand going? Yeah, you know, I, I, I wrote down an idea last week and, and it kind of encapsulates what you're asking me. But mm-hmm. I think in a few weeks, and I'll tell you the first person to know, but I want to launch a, another division called that Fuga Incubator. And I want mm-hmm. to incubate young concepts and young entrepreneurs who don't know how to start. Because I think there are so, I get so many emails and so many calls from people like, Dale, we have this concept. How do we brand it? What do we do? You know, and it's, it's such a large question, to be honest, because concepts and business, they need money. You know, they need, um, they need branding. They need a visual. They need a CI. They need a corporate identity. They need a social media strategy. But my simple answer to that question, which is the premise of the Fuga incubator is mm-hmm. find a person or find people who believe in you. And outsource the skills you don't have. So, for instance, I got approached a few weeks ago by um, a lady who makes uh, like butter biscuits. You know, she sells tubs of butter. She's like, 
So now what? So she's approached me because she, she, she trusts me and maybe I'm that person that can incubate and mentor her, you know? So I will help with branding. I help with a digital strategy or try and increase her sales. So, you know, where do you start? A great idea. And, and what is a great idea? I still don't know what a great idea is. I think if it feels right, it's a great idea. So a great idea and find people who believe in you. You know, and, and who have the skill to help you make that happen. That, that's kind of like my short and long answer. But, uh, I, you know, I want to say to all the people that do have startup ideas and businesses and concepts, it's so incredibly tough and hard, you know, as much as what I've been afforded many amazing opportunities in my career. The beginning of that food guy was tough. You know, I, mm. I had no income for a few months. I had to loan, I had to make a plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but there wasn't a day that I woke up where I was like, I ain't doing anything else. I'm doing that for guy. And whatever happens is I will do this for a very long time to come, you know? Um, mm-hmm. so, and I, and I think that's the difference, if I can say this, between someone who's going to succeed and someone who's going to see a concept fail is yes. belief, belief in self. If you believe in yourself, you're going to make it happen no matter what. And I think other people see that and they'll help. If you don't believe in yourself, how do you expect anyone else to do, to do that either? You know, it's just, you know, I've gone through many moments in my life where I haven't believed in myself. I've kind of, I've, I've you know, uh, maybe I was scared, maybe I wasn't sure if it was possible. Then I'd remind myself, I'd be like, I have all the skill, I have all the passion, I have all the energy, and I think that energy is seen by other people, and and that's how you attract, how you attract people to help you. I just want to thank you so much for um, what has been a fantastic conversation. It's it's the time has simply whizzed by. I I didn't even notice that we've yeah. we've already just gone through under an hour of of us chatting. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for sharing. Um, really profound knowledge. I think, you know, your, your career is incredibly inspirational. Um, and I think, you know, anybody who has listened to this and, you know, has got to know you throughout this episode should and will be inspired. Um, educated by the points and the pearls of wisdom that you've shared. So I want to thank you so much for uh, coming onto the show. It's been an absolute, absolute blockbuster. Um, thank you, thank you. I just want to say to you, thank you for allowing me the opportunity to speak about this. I, th- I think often we get so bogged down in work and, mm-hmm. we, and we don't reflect, and you've allowed me to reflect. And, and for that, I'm really, really so thankful. Thank you. No. Awesome. Thank you, Dale. And I uh, look forward to part two and part three. Yes. Yeah, part four. Until then. Uh, please keep safe, uh, wear a mask, uh, wash your hands, and socially distance, and all of those things. Absolutely. Until we meet again. Well. Thank you. Right. Cheers. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you very much for tuning in and listening to the episode. I hope that you were impacted positively and that you found substance and significance whilst listening to the episode. Head over to the Impactful Conversations website at impactfulconversations.co.za to find out more about the show. To stay up to date with the latest episodes, please subscribe to the podcast and give it a five-star rating. You can also check out and subscribe to my episodes in video format on the Impactful Conversations YouTube channel. Just head over to YouTube and search Impactful Conversations. 
Thank you to all who have listened in and subscribed. Why not share the episode with a family member or a friend who you think could be positively impacted? Anyway, until the next episode, bye-bye, stay safe, stay healthy, and wash your hands.